Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I hope that you have had the most amazing week. Now, I know you probably are very much upset with me. You guys have been holding down the numbers and watching and listening. I should say more listening while I've been gone, but I have been enjoying, or I should say I had enjoyed an amazing vacation with the fam bam. But before we get into that, let me do my proper welcome. If this is the first time that you are listening to conversations with toy i personally want to say thank you and welcome to this platform because i am not only a podcaster but a content creator and a blogger of toy time blog so i'm happy to have you here on this podcast there are times when i will talk about things that make you think sometimes i'll talk about things that make you cry sometimes i'll think about talk about things that just people don't talk about but we should probably have more conversations around and i'm grateful for your presence Thank you to every last person who have been listening to the podcast over these last two years. It's almost two years. And I'm so grateful for every last one of you. I do not take it for granted that people are listening and tuning in because again, whenever you get someone's attention, I believe you should do something with that attention. You should make sure that you're uplifting. You are, you know, making people think all the things. So thank you for being a part of this personal journey. Um, to use my voice in a way that talks about mental health care, that talks about the things that are happening on these internet streets and beyond. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. With all that being said, let's get right into the podcast. Before I talk about vacations and mental health around vacations and just the process of getting prepared for a vacation and what happens after you come back from a vacation, I also want to talk about some of the things that I've been noticing. So of course, I've been playing a little bit of catch up when it comes to what's been going on. I made it my personal business to come off of social media while away. And that's hard for a content creator because a week is like, you go away for a week as a content creator and you don't have stuff to put up or you're not interactive or you're not, you know, popping in on your screens and you're not doing all the things. It's almost like a career no-no, right? It's you going two days is pushing it going away for a week and then not having anything up that's really pushing it. So what I normally do when I go on vacation is that I do do some content creation prior to my leaving and post it so that it will go up or on whenever I need it to go up and on. I highly suggest that if you are a content creator and you use Facebook and Instagram and Instagram stories or anything like that, that you go ahead and get you the business suite. The difference between using a business suite for Facebook is that you're able to pre-program your Instagram and you can pre-program reels. You can pre-program videos, posts, stories, all those things. And that really helped me to have stuff up while I was gone. And another thing, I don't tell people in real time, like, oh, I'm here in Disney. Unless it's for content creation and it's something that doesn't involve my entire family, I'm not going to put out like I'm here at a present time or I'm doing A, B, and C at a present time because again, 
I don't believe that people need to know your, your every move. And again, always keep safety in mind. There's so many things that happen when you put so much stuff on the internet and you tell your people your exact location and you wonder why people show up. I have never had anybody kind of like come to a location because I was there. Um, but I've heard stories of other people who have had that happen. And I know people in my personal circle of other content creators who have had it happen. So I just try to err on caution and always think about the safety of myself and my family and mine, even if they're not with me, just to make sure that again, everything is only up and up, but can we get into content creation for just a little bit? Now, of course I had to play catch up, like I said before, and let's get into another brand trip fail. Now, Shein is a brand. It's a fast fashion brand. You know, their clothes are extremely cheap in my opinion, but the clothes are fast fashion. So if there's a trend that's going around, they are going to mass produce that. And I mean, extremely fast pace, right? I mean, if something comes out on a Friday by Saturday, they could have you 17, 11 patterns of it and two different, different sizings, all kinds of things happening. And they're no different than any of the other fast paced, um, fast fashion outfits. They're not really meant to last forever in a day. In a day. I think you can get with these types of clothes for maybe a season. You know, if you're going on vacation, you might pick up a couple pieces here and there, um, maybe for the holidays again. But if you're just buying clothes for a season and you don't plan to wear long, you know, long term, you would buy it from them. You're not looking for it to be a high quality piece that's going to last over the years. You're literally just saying, this is what's in style now. I'm going to wear this and keep it pushing, right? That is what I consider and think about when I think about Shein. Now, Shein has been allegedly known to have a lot of sweatshops where they have people who are overworked and underpaid. And I mean, completely underpaid and overworked. I don't feel like it's something that's completely a secret. And because of that, it's interesting to me to see that there was a Shein brand trip. Now, let me be very honest about brand trips. When you get that invitation for your first brand trip, um, even if, you know, for people like myself, I get excited for all brand trips, meaning that even if I don't plan to go, if it's a decline for me, just being asked for something, it's just like an honor. You get all happy about it. You're excited because, you know, you feel like you're being picked. Somebody is seeing you. You feel seen. It's all of those feelings. And I don't want to negate that because I feel like the conversation that I'm about to have about the Shein trip people aren't focused on the reason as to why somebody would decide to go on a trip with a brand who isn't as favorable as other brands right and so I feel like this is a conversation on branding this is a conversation on your personal belief systems these are things that you have to put into your mind capsule if you're going to be in the space of a of a content creator because you know you get that first invitation and you might be so excited and so blindsided by the fact that you know it's an all expense trip you know they're they're pulling out all the stops and nine times out of ten when you go to a brand trip you know you are literally wined and dined they're going to take you to the best of everything so with the Shein trip, if you want to know more, you literally can go on TikTok or you can find all the nitty and gritties of the Shein trip. But what happened was a few um, influencers went to this brand trip and they were almost gifted just about all kinds of beautiful things. Right. And then, you know, you see clothes, you see shoes, you see accessories, you got these beautiful um trinkets you know they took them into china they went and they flew out there even allowed them to bring some of them their significant others or whatever the case may be and so again the flashing lights of having a brand trip can be very overwhelming 
But this is where I say you have to understand your personal brand. You also have to be able to understand what do you stand for? Because if you fall, if you, if you just be making decisions based upon the fact that somebody invited you, like every table, every invitation that you get, you can't say yes to. I've been very definitive on making sure that okay I get invited to something whether it's even locally or not and being definitive like does that make sense for me would that make sense for me and being very clear about that so the Shein trip is that they took these influencers they took them to China they took them to the alleged Shein um, warehouse but a lot of people are saying and I'm and I have to 1000% agree that nobody is going to take you to on a brand trip and then show you the worst of the worst. Like everything about brand trips is to make the brand look good. And so this is why you have to be choosy on the brand trips that you pick, because if you're going with a company that doesn't have a good, um, they don't have integrity. Why would you even choose or say yes to that? Again, I must say, I will admit getting chosen, picked, asked to go on a brand trip. It can be the most beautiful and overwhelming thing I've gone on some amazing trips with some brands and I've had a great time. I mean, again, they are going to wine and dine you the most, you know, when you go on a brand trips, honestly, you really shouldn't have to come out of pocket for anything. Literally, they should be taking care of everything. I just went on a brand trip to an overnight stay in a hotel in a, in a, in a beach and I didn't have to come out of pocket. I mean, I tried, you know, normally I would tip if I was at a restaurant and doing these things, but when you're on a brand trip, they take care of it all. So they're going to show you the best of the best. Um, for most part, they're not going to show you stuff that's, you know, contrary to their quality of what they're trying to put out and portray. So she and doing this for these, for these influencers and having them see like this warehouse that's very made up. It looks like everything is morally robotic or that they don't have a lot of workers in there and their workers are saying, we're fine. Everything's good. And we take naps after lunch and we get to do this and we get to do that. Again, we have to preface the fact that nobody is going to take you on a brand trip and then start mistreating you or showing you things that just would not show them in a positive light. Again, I think Shein um, is using the influencers to make their brand look better. But I feel like, again, because people are smart, they're able to research, they know what they need to do. People were not buying it. So unfortunately, Shein did not do what they set out to do to change the way people seen them as a brand. And I feel like it made it even worse, but it's like, okay, you have to be able to understand if a brand can't hold its own water and it can't hold its ability to have its own level of integrity, I don't need to be the person or the company's um, scapegoat to where I become the person that validates the brand. The brand should already be at a place of, again, validation, integrity, and all the things. So I feel, again, those influencers ended up taking the, the brunt of everything to make it seem as if everything was okay. And it was a complete backfire. Um, for content creators that are starting out into the business and you want to one day get a brand invitation, you want to be flued out like the girls say, you want to be, you know, have all the trinkets and the nice things, you want to be VIP, you want to have all of these things, you just have to ask yourself, is it worth it? Because if you can't say with all 100% certainty that it's going to be worth it, don't do it. Just don't, right? And Again, I get it. People are always saying that, you know, they feel like they need to say yes because they feel like that opportunity won't come back around or they feel like saying no could be like a career um, break in their career. But I, I promise you that it won't. And it's easier for me to say because I've gone on brand trips. It's easier for me to say because I've already gotten to the point where I've accepted things and I've 
network with companies and I've, you know, done collaborations with companies and somebody starting off new doesn't have that same feeling and they're trying to get to that point. But one thing I set off from the very beginning when I started to do just the blog, this was before the podcast, this was before influencing. And can we just talk about this? Because not all influencers are bloggers. Let me say that one more time. Not all influencers are bloggers. They're actually separate titles. You are a blogger. If you have a website that you keep and you're putting stuff out that you are putting onto the website, that is a blogger. You are typing, you are putting out some type of narrative. You're putting out content that is written or typed same difference, but it needs to be on a website. You having a social media presence does not make you a blogger. If you do not have a website, you need something to be able to say, this is a blogger and this is their website. You go on and there should be some type of content that is written. You can have written and video content. I am a, also a content creator. So there are certain things that may not show up on the blog that are coming up on the video part of it. And so that is on there. But I am a blogger first and influencer second. They are two different things. And the reason why I stress that so much is because if you go onto an influencer's, uh, let's say Instagram page, right? Just as an example, I've seen so many people say that they are a blogger, right? Because at one point it used to be not necessarily a bad thing to be an influencer, but it was something that people didn't always 1000% fully respect because again, they consider people like an influencer to just be somebody who just wants something for free. They're just there to get, 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 get. They don't have any value as far as, you know, learning how to be a journalist or having any type of factual anything. They're just here to be influenced by a product or products. And then they're influencing other people to like that product, right? That is the thought process behind what is an influencer. But again, I must say and stress a blogger and influencer are two different titles. They're two different people. They're two different things. Now I happen to be a blogger first and influencer second. So for me, my bread and butter is always going to be what I put on my personal blog. And this is the really big kicker for people who need to understand the reason why. Have you ever gone on social media like an Instagram, a TikTok, a Twitter, a Pinterest, or any of these platforms and had one of those platforms not act right? It, uh, you know, have an issue where you can't log in, you got kicked out of, it's not acting right, there's a crash of some sort. Yes, it exists. It happens to the best of us. It doesn't matter who you are. You have gone on one of those social media platforms, couldn't log in, got your account taken, had all these different things happening, right? To me, you are reserving space on another platform that you do not own. You cannot control. You can't go in and manipulate. You can't do anything. And that's the difference. So as a blogger and specifically me who also owns their domain, right? who's doing what they need to do and making sure that they have space. If one of these things crashes, I'm still going to be able to put out pure content on a website that is completely separated from social media platforms. Okay. That is the bread and butter. And this is exactly why when you as a blogger have also a social media presence, you really can finagle that thing when you go to do collaborations because you're saying to the to the company, not only can I put stuff out on my website, I can also put stuff out on my social media. It's almost like a double whammy. So again, a blogger is not the same thing as an influencer. An influencer is not necessarily a blogger unless they choose to operate in both of those uh, levels and you need to have some form of website. 
So if you look on your favorite Instagrammer and they have the title blogger, but you look, they don't have a, a no website. And by website, I don't just mean an Amazon storefront. I mean an actual website that they can go to. You can go to my website at toytime.org, T-O-I-T-I-M-E.org, and there you will see written content. Now for me, some bloggers, they have their own set schedule. Some people are not as consistent. Some people may do it once a week, once a month. It's up to the blogger to choose how consistent they are going to be. For me, I am going to give people a blog about every three for three or four days. It's going to be at least three to four times a week that you're going to get a new fresh piece of content every single week. There's been some hit or misses if I've gotten sick or something has happened. But for the most part, 98% of the time, you're going to get three to four pieces of blog per week and that's just my personal thing that's just what I do and it works for me everybody has to find their own temple but in order to be a blogger you must have an actual website it's fine if you're selling products that's a certain website for that it's okay if you have an Amazon storefront that's a separate thing for that but in order to be a blogger you need a place for somebody to click on the website and read a blog the spirit of blogging is not, you know, has not died. It is still alive and well. People still are reading. I am getting over a million views and all the things because people do read. Okay. So I say all that to say is that you have to have some level of what it is that you want to put out into the world. So when you accept certain concepts, you accept certain trips, you accept certain products, Make sure that they align to your reason and your why, because if it doesn't make sense, don't accept it. I get it. Free is great, right? Cheap is good, but free is better. However, everything that has been given to you or going to be attempted to give you given to you is not always a good thing. It's not always for you. So be very choosy and what you're putting out and who you collaborate with. Because some people will do things for a paycheck and others will have integrity. Now you say, you may say, I need to be having integrity when it comes to keeping these light bills on. That's like lights on. Cool. I get it. But then you also have to be able to stand 10 toes down when things like social media comes and rocks your world because they will. The bloggers are not the bloggers, but the influencers that went on that trip are getting all kinds of grief right now. High levels of grief for their decision. It's no different than the Tarte situation. So many influencers went to the Tarte uh, influencer trip. And some of them inflicted themselves into the tar situation where they could have just stayed back and just, you know, did what they needed to do in the corner. They didn't do that. Please be very choosy when it comes to the brands that you collaborate. Can remember as much as they want you, you're are the you are the prize. You are it. So you have negotiation powers, you have speakability powers, you have so many things that you can do to bring whatever it is that you want to bring to the table. Remember, if you are a influencer or if you are a blogger or both or a combination of the things, some type of social media content creator, whatever it is, you are your own billboard. So when the company wants to collaborate with you, make sure that they're using your space just like they would any other billboard and make sure that you charge them so they have space and they're getting paid. You should be getting paid for them to, uh, to use your space. Now, granted, in the very beginning of being a content creator, you may not be able to negotiate the same prices as somebody who's been considered an OG in the game. But you still should consider that even if it's some type of uh, product for your spacing, make sure it's a product that you actually want or need. 
uh, make sure that again it's something that makes and aligns with the brand that you're trying to make because regardless of you being a one person team a 10 person team you are still a brand so be choosy i say all that to say uh be careful about these brand deals be careful about these uh, collaborations and be careful about who you take brand trips with it does truly matter okay but i went to disney this was not a brand trip this was a family vacation or my husband calls it a family trip because y'all know if you have kids there's a difference between vacation and taking a trip so this was an amazing family trip to walt disney world and we had an amazing time now i'm just going to say this I get it that every, not everybody is going to be team Disney, right? There are going to be people that says, oh, absolutely not. I'm not spending all that type of money to do all this and that. I can spend my money other ways. Other ways. You're 100%. I believe everybody who has a coin should be able to use that coin however they choose to use that coin. But for those who choose to use their coin for vacation, specifically Walt Disney, you already know, especially if you've already been, you know, it's going to be expensive. You know that you're going to have to figure out the, you know, the, the ins and outs of going to Disney and you should be able to spend your money the way that you choose. Personally, we went, we have been planning this for a long time. When I first met my husband, we will be celebrating our 11th wedding anniversary this summer. And we've known each other for over 20 years. When we first got together, we would talk about our childhood and things that we did and didn't do and things that we desired to do. And one of the things that I've said to my husband when we met again, almost 20 something years ago, was that I wanted to go to Disney World. It, it just something about going to Disney World meant something to me. I really wanted the chance to go. And again, this was 20 something years ago. Um, you know, the, the conversations that my husband and I have had when we were just dating, um, because we do have a lot of history with each other, it was just one of those things where again there's things that him and I have talked about again when we first met that he has made a reality for me um and just going to Disney World meant the world to me on that aspect but as a parent watching my own children have these experiences that I didn't have as a as a child has touched me in ways I know it sounds really cliche but I'm telling you right now it's nothing better than watching your kids experience things because for them it becomes normal right for me it wasn't normal to say okay we're going to Disney my parents I mean I don't know why they didn't go I figure one because I am a parent of three it is expensive so let's, let's the coins have to be there and number two not everybody's desire to go to Disney is is there so for whatever reason, we never went as a kid. And so now I took my kids and it was just a great experience. There's something about allowing the young girl, the little girl inside of you to just allow her to be free to come out and to enjoy. Because one of the things when I was talking about the title of what we were going to talk about when we're talking about being on vacation and mental health, it's like, how free are you when you truly go on a vacation? You know, we all claim, I can't wait to go on vacation. I need a vacation. I need a vacation from the vacation. But when you go on vacation, how receptive are you to be free to just explore, right? You know, are you, does your anxiety take over even though you're at a place that you want to be? It's very real for that to happen. Um, I experienced anxiety while I was on our trip because I experienced anxiety every single day in some form, whether it's a big form of anxiety or a small form of anxiety, um, when I get anxious, I tend to get loud. I tend to get very irritable. I begin to sometimes get angry. And I had to check that several times. Listen, Disney is the most magical place on the in the earth. 
But the things that they don't tell you about when you're at Disney is like you're navigating this big space. There are super amounts of crowds and I'm talking about huge amounts of crowds that are there at Disney and it can be overwhelming if you have some type of anxiety, whether that's social anxiety, regular anxiety. So again, although Disney World is one of the most happiest places on the earth, if not the happiest place on the in the world, right? Uh, it can be overwhelming. The lines are long if you don't have that uh, Genie Plus. I highly recommend getting the Genie Plus. Now, I know that Disney is already expensive. And the second you put your baby toe onto the property, you're already putting out money. You've already spent money to get there. You're already putting money into the resort. We stayed at a Disney resort. Um, you're already putting money into everything Disney Mickey Mouse shaped. You're doing all the things. But I'm going to tell you right now. I highly suggest you get the Genie Plus. Now, the Genie Plus does cost per person because you have to be able to have it to basically book the times on the, that you want to get on certain rides so that there's no wait, right? Okay, but it is worth it because standing in those lines for sometimes, you know, depending on the bigger rides, like the ones everybody wants to ride on could be an hour, hour and a half plus. Now, we went from a Sunday to a Sunday and we didn't go into the park until Monday, which made it a five seconds easier because of the fact that when you go during the week it is a little less people than it is on the weekend and I feel like we experienced both we came in when it wasn't that many as many people as it normally would be during the week and then we ended as seeing what the crowds could look like possibly when it's the weekend and there are two different crowds however because I said this uh, be very clear again Disney just like with any place that you go to can be overwhelming and so if you're expecting to go to the happiest place in the world and you're not packing your patience and you're not aware that there's going to be a large amount of people you're not aware that the walking is extensive listen this ain't the time to bring out the cute shoes you got to be comfortable so for us we mostly wore our sneakers everybody in our household had insoles because again I think we walked about maybe at least from like seven to 10 miles per day, going back and forth, walking around you, or if you have a Fitbit, your Fitbit's going to be working because your Apple watch is going to be working. Your Fitbit's going to be working. It's going to be working because you are going to be on the move. It is hot. You know, we went, you know, obviously for father's day. And then we came back after that Sunday after it's hot. It's sweaty. Florida's weather hits different. That heat, the humidity is really mostly the humidity. I've gone to Vegas where that's dry heat and I've been in the heat for 110, uh, 115 degrees. I've been in Phoenix, Arizona, where again, we're talking about dry heat, 110, 115. But when you combine that with that humidity of Florida, it's a different type of heat. Be prepared for it. So if you're the type of person that already deals with anxiety and then you also can be irritable when you get hot or you can be irritable when you get thirsty, if you're irritable when you get hungry, I'm going to just tell you right now, stay hydrated, keep eating small amount of uh, snacks. You can bring food in, you can bring outside food into the parks. So we packed waters, juices, and snacks so that the kids could have stuff in between. Now we did have at least one Disney snack while we were there on the premise. We had lunch and dinner while we were on the premise in the park and we had breakfast back at the hotel, which was a Disney resort. Again, you just have to figure out what works best for you. I've seen families while we were in there that had their whole, you know, at least one lunch um, and their snacks with them. It's up to you. 
for us, we just did a few snacks to have on us so they could have something while we were in the line or while we're just simply walking around. They had at least one Disney snack while we were there and they had lunch and dinner. It, it worked for us. But again, you have to be able to pack your patience. Your anxiety is going to be tugged on because again, you're in line, whether you have that fast pass or not. There's at points, even with the fast pass, you could be in line for a few minutes and as you're in line with a few minutes, you have people who are either not moving in the line. They got to keep making the church announcement. Tell everybody, like, let's move up, let's move up, let's move up. Um, that may get irritating to you. Um, everybody that's at Disney, even though it's the happiest place in the world, they're not always happy. You know, you're dealing with parents who are hollering at their kids. I've never in my life heard so many shut ups, uh, stop it, uh, all kinds of stuff to say to kids in one space. And I mean, from all walks of life, like, don't get this twisted. It's not a black and white. I've heard it from all sets of parents telling kids all kind of things that I would have, I was literally grasping my imaginary pearls, listening to some of the things that these parents were saying. But again, I want to believe, I truly want to believe that it had to do with the irritability, the heat the tantrums because when I tell you every place we went there was a child having a whole breakdown um let me just say this to parents especially if you have more than one person in your party right more than one adult in your party and you want to step into a store and you're not sure if your children will respond correctly it's probably best to not take them inside that store the amount of meltdowns that I've seen kids of all ages have because they didn't get a certain toy or you didn't allow them to touch certain things was mind boggling. Um, another thing that I noticed being at wonderful world of Disney is parents are not watching their children enough. Let me give you an example. I was inside of the M&M store. We were literally just looking. I wanted to see what they had. I love M&Ms. Um, I wasn't about to buy any M&Ms cause it just seems counterproductive to walk around a hot park with M&Ms because like where are you storing that where are you going to hold that that the bag itself isn't going to get hot right so that did not make sense to me but the M&M store had things outside of candy right you could have got a cup a trinket a shirt whatever so we walked into the store and in the back of the M&M store is where you can mix a bunch of different M&Ms of different colors you know make your own bag do your own thing listen parents when I tell you you got to be more accountable to the parenting world. You've got to do what you have to do. So I saw plenty of kids who were in there literally supposed to be filling up their bags of candy, M&Ms in their bags, and their parents didn't say one word. The one child pulled and turned a little lever or whatever it was. And I tell you, it was like three handfuls of M&Ms just dropped. And the parents just kind of like weren't even paying attention. Like they were close that they could have literally have reached out and grabbed that child or stopped that child. But they were like, almost like, like they wasn't their kid. And then when the candy fell, they're like, why'd you do that? And I'm like, cause they're, they're, they're children and kids are going to do children things. So again, you're going to notice the parents. You're going to notice the kids. You're going to see the breakdowns. You're going to see couples arguing cause they're hot. You're going to see kids having a fit. My own child, for whatever reason, my youngest kept dropping everything. I mean, forks, she dropped at one point, she even dropped her ice cream. Now, listen, this was one of those Mickey mouse shaped ice cream sandwiches or something. And child, I had to just look and just say, you know what? 
let me just take a deep breath. So I don't be one of those parents that I'm talking about right now that's screaming at their kids. But we were just like, why are you dropping guys? Like, why did you drop the whole thing? It was almost like she didn't even, she didn't even want to have a hold of it. Like it was too hot and she didn't even want to carry it. Like she wanted somebody just to feed it to her and just hit the ground. So we let me say this again, parents. We picked up the ice cream. We didn't let it sit there. We picked it up. We got rid of it. We eventually got her another one. And when I got her the second ice cream, um, I put it in a cup. Like the whole Mickey Mouse ice cream thing, I placed that bad boy in a cup. It's like, we we not dropping this expensive ice cream, right? Mickey Mouse is designed. They're going to take your money. That mouse is paid. That's one of the most well-paid mice I know, right? But I will say this, we had an amazing time and watching my own levels of anxiety go up or down again, just depending upon the situation, you know, some of it was crowd, some of it was just being a parent. Some of it was just wanting to do my own thing, whatever it was, the anxieties were peaking and they would have highs. They would have some lows. Um, I think my lows just was more irritability for me and thankfully because it could have been worse, but it was more about the irritability or feeling like something wasn't going to happen or wasn't going to go the way I needed to go. And when I say that wasn't going the way that I needed to go, I don't want people thinking that it was like one of those petty things. I'm talking about like considering thinking that, okay, you're going to get up to a ride or it's not going to work right. Like there were some rides that actually made me feel 1000% uncomfortable. Matter of fact, there was only one, I won't say the name of that ride, but what I will say is it, it was an enclosed space. Now they had 2011 signs that said, basically, if you do a struggle with being in an enclosed space, this may not be for you, right? And I normally do not do well in enclosed spaces, but I thought to myself, I want to conquer my anxiety today. I'm going to go ahead and get on this ride and I'm going to just have a good time. Well, I had all great intentions and I get on this ride. I'm inside of it. They close the door. My son's sitting next to me. There's two other women sitting on the next on the sides of him and we were doing perfectly fine, but there must have been some type of something that they were still checking. It wasn't quite right. So they had us in this enclosed space for quite a time quite a few minutes. And I think the longevity of just being in this space for a long period of time, the woman on the end, on the other side of us, it was only four of us in a pod, like a pod. And that woman started to freak out. She was banging on the door, screaming and hollering because that claustrophobic, that it just came on her really, really strong. Now, again, I was perfectly fine and didn't notice that I was even having any levels of anything until she started to beat on that door. And then all of a sudden I felt like I wasn't safe. Then all of a sudden I started feeling like I wasn't uncomfortable. I was completely uncomfortable all of a sudden. So I grabbed my son's hand and I'm like, MJ, you know, are you okay? And he's saying, no, I'm okay. You know, he's basically thinking that I'm looking out for him and I'm actually looking out <laughs> for me. I needed him to comfort me. And so the, they come and they open the door. And they let the woman out and they kind of just like checked on us and made sure we were okay. And then my son was just like, are you going to be okay? And I'm like, yes, I'm going to be fine. But the opening that door, just having them open that door was enough. Like it just needed that breather. And once she exited the, the actual um, ride, then I began to calm down. Once the ride started, it was perfect. There was nothing wrong with the ride. The ride, the ride was perfect. But when somebody else's anxiety increases, sometimes it can pull on yours. And I noticed that because in my house, several of us deal with anxiety. And when one of us is in, has it, you can kind of feel it's almost like a domino effect. So it's like learning how to take control of 
when you're around high anxiety times or, you know, moments. And again, this is all happening at the happiest place of the world, right? This is what's happening at Disney. And I say all of that to say this, when you're on vacation, try to allow yourself to be free enough to enjoy it. I know plenty of people who go on vacation and when they come home, it's almost like it's a blur to them. They don't remember doing certain things. They, you know, they weren't really in the moment. They had all kinds of things in their mind. They couldn't enjoy it. I allowed myself to enjoy it, but anxiety doesn't care that you're on vacation. Mental health doesn't take a seat back because you're on vacation. So there were times when I had to literally say to myself, you are safe. You are fine, which is the same thing I tell my kids. I've been teaching them how to practice that so that when they get into moments, just like I get into them, that they can remind themselves that they are safe. They are loved. They can control themselves, even if they can't control the situation. And I had to practice that in real time, in 3D, while in the happiest place of the world. But I always remind myself when I'm in these types of moments and spaces to really just take the time to enjoy. Like these are some memories that I won't ever be able to get back, but I will always cherish the memories of making with the kids and my husband. And so that was giving me comfort, you know, making sure that I kept myself grounded as much as I possibly can, making sure that I was self-aware of the things that were happening around me. And again, trying to take a deep breath as much as possible to decompress from the stress that I was feeling. Um, The trip itself was absolutely successful. Two of our children had never been on a plane. They did an amazing job for their first flight. They were actually were excited. So we wanted to make sure that they had everything they possibly could need. Now, if you know nothing about me, let me just tell you, I am the queen of pack of packing a bag. So that means if I need to go somewhere, it doesn't matter if it's for a brand trip, it's for me, it's for the fam bam, I'm going to be let's pack a bag. And so I made sure that they had their own separate little bags for their um for the plane and inside of it they had another bag that had everything they could possibly need, bubble gum, earplugs, uh, wipes to wipe everything down for the you know wipes to take into the, for the bathroom they had tissues they had ear new ear, earphones they had you know anxiety toys whatever they needed I made sure that they had it but and I'm probably overpacked as far as like not overpacked to the point where things were heavier we got charged for overback oversized bags but packing enough so that they didn't have to worry and I didn't have to worry about it mostly for me right So that's how sometimes I deal with my anxiety. If there's something I can control, something that I can do that will make or make me feel more comfortable, then that's what I do. And, you know, it took me a long time before I could get comfortable doing that. Because, for instance, for me, I would be the type of person that needs to pack for a trip weeks in advance. And I am still that is still yet me. The reason for that is so that I can go over several things. And it doesn't mean that I won't forget something, right? We're human. We forget things. But it's to make sure that I've made sure that I've made provisions for the things that I anticipate for myself to need. This trip, I packed, God bless, almost perfectly. There wasn't anything major that we had forgotten. Even the things are so weird. Again, that's how your anxiety plays on you. I was like, oh my God, I, I forgot certain things for myself. Now for the kids, every, they had everything that they needed. But for myself, I felt like, oh, I didn't have certain things. Where is it? Where is it? I had taken a brand trip two days before we went to Disney, which I would not highly recommend unless you're very organized. So I had one separate bag for that trip and then a major bag for the trip itself, for the family trip. And 
I did that separately so that I could easily pull things out of the smaller bag if I needed to to put into the main bag. But for the main part, my main bag was completely, you know, packed separately. And I kept using my notes on the app on the phone to make sure that I would take things off as I packed it. So I, you know, quote unquote, went forgetting thing. But that anxiety came in and I was like, oh, I forgot to grab something out the small bag. And now it's like, you know, I don't know what's going on with that. And when I got to Florida, we got to Disney, I had everything in its proper place. But in my mind, I kept telling myself, well, you didn't cross it off. Maybe you didn't pack it. It was a thing. I say all that to say vacations are a beautiful thing, a way to rest, to rejuvenate, to switch your environment, to have to do and to have fun. If you go on vacation and it's truly a vacation and you feel like you didn't have fun, there has to be certain factors and it has to be something mental that is happening. And I say that because there are some times when you go on vacation and when you anticipate a vacation to go a certain way and it doesn't, and it could be things that are completely out of your control. I've had it happen. I'm sure you have had it happen as well. But then there are the times when our head messes with us to the point where we're not able to tap in and to enjoy. And again, I stress because we're kind of like in the middle, like part of this travel season of the summer travel season. Please, whatever you do, whether you're booking a staycation, whether you're going to the beach that's local, whether you're going to an amusement park, whether you're going on an actual vacation to where you travel on a plane or a train or however you're going to get there, please pack your patience. Please think about the things that you need to make that trip as successful as possible. And that also means mentally. I made sure that I had my medication with me. I made sure that if I had little things that, you know, anxiety things that would help me to stay calm. Whatever you need, please grab it, pack it, do what's best for you. Listen, my husband does not get involved when I pack as far as my stuff. And I'm always going to be the person that's going to pack the kids things. Um, He does him and I do the rest of us. And it may sound like it's, oh, you know, it's a little topsy-turvy, but I know that if I don't pack it, I'm not going to feel like it's there. And so instead of us having this argument of, well, he's their dad, then he can pack them too. Why do we do that? right? It's different if you're like a mom or a parent that feels overwhelmed because your partner isn't participating. But I've had friends that have been like, oh, if it was me, I would have my husband do because there's no way I'm going to only do. Listen, let's be honest. I am the type of person that wants to do it myself. And if we have more honesty around that versus trying to act as if we're so overwhelmed because our partner is not helping when we're also not the type of person that would have allowed our partner to help in the way that we felt comfortable, Let's talk about that, right? I think sometimes we as humans don't communicate the right things. For instance, on the blog today, and you can read it in the notes, I talk about the fact that today, July, as we're going to the new month is anti-boredom month. Now there's other things happening in the month as well, like national grilling, um, national ice cream. There's all kinds of different things happening, right? But one of the things about anti-boredom, when you're an adult, sometimes we say that we're bored as and we hop on kids when they do it. But sometimes when we as adults say that we're bored, it's not that we're bored. It's just that we don't have the money to do the activity that we wanted to do. Right. And so in the blog, I'm encouraging people to call a spade a spade. I personally, as hands on as my husband is, can't go around saying my husband is leaving me high and dry and only worrying about himself when reality is that. Reality is that I am the type of person that wants to do it themselves because I want it done a certain way, right? 
And so instead of sitting there and throwing my husband underneath the bus and saying he's not an active father and if it was me, he would, my husband, my person, my partner would do it this way. That's what you say now until you take over so much that your partner can't help because helping is just a waste because all you're going to do is then stop him, criticize that person and then want to do it yourself again. So when it comes to certain things that are to me like that big, I just take it on myself because that's what I want to do. My husband is the type of husband that if I said to him, hey, can you pack the kids without a breath? He would do it. Now, that may not be your situation. Your situation is your partner may not do that. And that's another conversation for another day. See, this is the reason why we have to learn how to communicate. Because sometimes we don't say anything. We kind of just assume, well, why didn't that person help? That person didn't help because they're not used to helping because sometimes you're just not allowing them to do that. Right. And so we got to communicate better. So for me, packing is therapeutic. I like putting things together. I like making sure everything is in its place. And I like the bags to be packed a certain way. My husband is not going to interfere that because what would it make sense for him to interfere when one, I haven't asked him two I'm going to want it done my same, the way that I want to. And he understands that because we've had these conversations because see communication works when you communicate, right? And so for him to intercede and jump into that, knowing that I've, we already discussed how this was going to go, would almost be problematic and therefore then cause an argument. So shout out to the husbands that some of them play the role of stepping back because it's more of a headache and an argument to try to interject when the person isn't going to be receptive. For instance, first of all, my husband doesn't watch my kids or our kids he's spending time with his kids and I may not be at the house. He's at the house with them. Right. And so the way that I may do something is different than the way he's going to do it. As long as those kids are one alive, they're not being abused. There's nobody being mentally hurt and harmed. And again, he may not have the house cleared and clean. Like I do when I come, when I'm in the home, when I'm in the home with them, I can, I do things differently. We, I move differently when he's in the home with them. He, he does things differently. Let us get to the point where we normalize communicating what we need, how we need, and being okay with somebody doing things differently than what we would have done it, especially if different doesn't cause harm. We're going to talk about that another time. We're going to get deeper into that type of conversation because sometimes we cause our own mental stress when we expect people to do the things that they, that we would do in the same way and then get mad at them for not doing it. Why are you putting yourself through that unnecessary stress? That's just unnecessary stress. Do you know how long it took me to get to that point where I understood that very lesson? Instead of saying, well, my husband doesn't do when reality is I wasn't allowing him. And saying my husband doesn't do because then if he doesn't do it my way, then it's not done. That's not how this works. Something got done, just didn't get done your way. Doesn't mean it didn't get done. Again, we may talk about that another time because that is a great conversation for mental health. When we expect our spouses to be mind mind readers or our friends to be mind readers or our loved ones to be mind readers. And nobody went to school for that. Listen, I just looked on the web. There's no mind reading class, right? And so since we didn't go to school for it, we didn't learn it. Most of the time, what we need to learn is to how to communicate effectively, how to ask for what you want. Now, there's been plenty of people that says I was crystal clear, but are you and were you right? Sometimes people hear certain things a different way. And sometimes we're not actually saying what it is that we need. We just assume I've heard so many people say my spouse, my significant other should simply know how doesn't matter if they've been together. Like I said, my husband and I have known each other for over 20 years 
and I still have to learn to communicate effectively. You as a person will change. My needs have changed since the time that we first met until now. My way of thinking has changed. The way that I look at things have changed. So because all this change is happening, the other part of change is also making sure that I too communicate what it is that I need at that moment. So um, in the show notes, I'm going to include the Disney uh, Before You Go guide. It's more or less things for you to be watchful and aware as you're packing, as you're getting prepared, as you're getting ready. I will be breaking down the content according to the different parks, which ones I may have thought was better than others, which one I thought had different aspects that may be kids, adults, and everybody else in between because I have a teenager now, a preteen, and a child. I have a lot going on. So... I will be breaking that content all the way down. If you do not follow me on social media, you should, because I will be breaking down that content um, from foods to drinks to fireworks to different things you should be aware of, different rides that make so much sense. Um, Shout out to Jen. They had a ride called Test Track that makes basically allows you to get in a car. You can first design a car before you get in one, and then you get into this car-like thing, and it basically, or a car ride, And it basically allows you to test the road conditions as if you were a part of GM's team or a part of Chevy's team, the same way that they would test our tires and cars before we get into them in real life. It's a great, it's a great ride. So we're going to break all that down. I am not going to just indate and throw out a bunch of Disney stuff every 2.3 seconds, but I will be putting it in here and there because I had a great time. Vacation is always great when you go on vacation and allow yourself a great time. Like I said, the little girl in me, had a blast when I'm when we were in the watching the um parade you know we can use our fast pass to get as close we possibly can we were in the front row and that was amazing and when I saw Princess Tiana interacting with my girls uh, I started crying right then I started crying when we saw we also met her as a meet and greet I cried again like these are so many moments that when you think about as a kid and as an adult, I'm now, I consider myself an adult Disney person. <laughs> I feel like those are types of memories that I'll never, never, hopefully never forget. And I pray if something happens and I forget, like to God, just bring little tidbits of that to my mind as I get older. Cause I'm telling you, I enjoyed the trip. So shout out to Disney. They did a great job. There's something for everybody at any of these Disney parks, to be honest with you. We were able to make sure each person in our party and everybody in my family enjoyed certain aspects with between meet and greet certain characters, um, certain rides, certain pleasures, um, did the drinking around Epcot or drinking around the world thing. I mean, everybody did something that they enjoyed. So we had a great time and it might have been an expensive time, but it was well worth it. Money well spent. And um, that's the start of our 2023 vacation series. So thank you for listening to this episode of Conversations with Toy. I will be back next week with a brand new episode. I'm so super grateful for your time and you listening to all the things that I talk about. Again, I hope something in this podcast, especially when it talks about mental health, resonated with you. Um, Be very choosy for those who are in either the content creating um, 
space or those who desire because sometimes you're not in it you just desire to be and i pray that if you are desiring to be in this content creating space that you are choosy about the brands that you collaborate with and don't tell everybody yes sometimes that no muscle is the best muscle you can exercise have a great day have a great weekend it is the fourth of july weekend so stay safe and y'all know they're gonna be out here checking so make sure you're not drinking and driving we're going into a new month so happy blessings towards july if you follow me, especially on that blog, I've already got content ready starting tomorrow. We got new content going out again. And um, I wish you nothing but wellness and safety as you travel this upcoming weekend. Have a great, great day. And thank you for listening to Conversations with Toy. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.